audio engineers, audio soundtrack makers, people oh, got <laughs> Thank you, that's yeah. the word. <laughs> soundtrack makers, I like that. R&B artists. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning and welcome to Downloadable Coffee. Uh, I'm David Farris, uh, finally back, and uh, with me we have... I'm Shay. Ray. Yeah. Becca. The, the people. Rebecca. <laughs> it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> call us whatever you want, just make sure you call us. Yeah. This is a podcast where we recap the events that happened around the area of DFW, as well as look back at the topics that took over the VGOCC last week. Uh, so we have a couple of things, again, because it's December, so the end of the week or end of the year, it's very slow. Uh, so we don't have a whole lot of topics or events happening, but we do have upcoming stuff. So what are some of the upcoming coming conferences that are happening? Conferences? Yeah. Um, so January is South by South. Uh, yeah. No, not South by South. It uh, is South Tax. Yeah, Pax, Pax. South. Mm-hmm. There we go. In Pax San Antonio, South. January 21st, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that weekend. Yeah. Uh, South by Southwest has also announced their conference. I forget the dates on that, but that's also happening. And GDC is in March. I believe it starts the 18th, and that's a week-long conference. We're letting people know now because tickets can get expensive depending on what time you're trying to buy it. So if you want to get in on the early bird prices, go check them out. If not, good luck. I think the drink-up <laughs> happened last week, too. Yep. We are a little out of out of order now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was I was at um, the uh, Kedrion Cole, uh, formerly with Launchpad City, is now starting a a new like co working esports initiative. Okay, um, basically e- bringing esports into the co working scene. So the last two weeks he's had um, like evening events. Uh, one was at WeWork up here in Plano at the new uh, like Legacy Shops at Legacy area. Um, and then uh, last week was at the Capital Factory. Um, and those were both really interesting events. I won 100 bucks at the first event. Sweet. Uh, thanks to Jackpot Rising, so that was nice. Um, but, yeah, so that, that, that was last week for me. But Interesting. You look like you're thinking of something. Yeah, we'll get into it. I want to, we'll, we'll get into that in, like, a re- the, right. the recap portion. To be continued. Sure, yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, is there any other events that we missed? It. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, with uh, with the holidays coming up and everything like that, I think that most events have kind of stopped. Um, we're not doing our beer club this month because of that. Right. Just um, because it's on Christmas Day. Yeah, it's on <laughs> Christmas Day, and then Christmas. the following week is New Year's Day. Yeah. If you show up at Brain Dead on Christmas Day, like I'm sure they'll appreciate the business, yeah. but we won't be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alrighty, well then let's go ahead and jump into the recap. Recap. Okay, so first of all, I wanted to talk about going back to bringing esports into the community. Explain that to me. Is that just holding a bunch of e-tournaments at in co-working spaces? So uh, basically, the best way that I can describe it is intramural esports uh, through co-working spaces. So if you are a part of a co-working space, you kind of become a part of this co-working league, and then you play against teams from other co-working spaces. So uh, we work, uh, Shops at Legacy has a team, we work, uh, Legacy West has a team, uh, Capital Factory has a team, whatever, whatever, whatever. Four different for different games. So maybe they have a, a Fortnite thing and well Fortnite you can't queue up against each other unless you're in an epic tournament. But um a Call of Duty or Halo or anything mm-hmm. like that, um being able to basically do matches and then eventually tournaments and things like that. Um, the events themselves were more just esports happy hours is what they were called. Okay. Um so they had um, a few people there that participate in and around esports, 
um, and then they had games for people to play. Um, and then Jackpot Rising, which is a local gaming startup based in Deep Bellum, um, was there with... They have some, like, pop shot games. So they had a basketball, they had ski ball. I, re- I um, remember, I think, uh, what was it, a year ago? Yeah. No, two years ago, when I was still a part of the IGDA board. Yeah. They, um, the IGDA Dallas board, yes. just before you got in there. Okay. Uh, they had an event. They had their opening when they were just launching yeah. Jackpot Rising. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and they had a whole bunch of things. It's, it's essentially... Let me see. I think they might have evolved since I last okay. heard them. But if, what, what it came out to be was, it was now I'm going to do a bad job on talking on it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it comes, like anything that I say just sounds like it's yeah. gambling. Well, <laughs> that's I mean, not what it was. We could we could invite the Jackpot Rising guys here to That'd be, be a awesome. part of it uh, mm-hmm. to talk more about it. Uh, basically, like me winning money was so two weeks ago um, when they had the event up here. Mm-hmm. Um, they they had a fortnight. Uh, prize pot basically and then they had this putt ski which is a mixture between putting from golf and ski ball so you put a golf ball into a ski ball uh scoring thing and then okay. you try and get the lowest score possible okay. um but so basically i had the lowest score in putt ski and i had the highest score in fortnite and the prize pot was a hundred dollars for each and then it was like first place got fifty dollars Second place was 30, third place was 20, and then if you tied, it would split that prize mm-hmm. okay. for it. So, but, so basically, to my understanding, um, like I now can either cash out that $100, or if I want to uh, go for more competitions and put up a little bit of money to be a part of that competition, then I can win more money. So, okay. yeah, that's, that's how I understand it, but if we have them on... So you went to a, a game event full of nerds and proved yourself to be the superior the superior nerd yeah uh i guess so yeah so (laughs) all righty but yeah so so that that's uh what happened recently okay Um, so that's that's one topic cool um it'd be i think that's kind of cool having a a league co-working league co-working space leagues between the different co-working spaces in the area uh, next on our list is from Kotaku.com. Okay. It is the internet reacts to the Sonic the Hedgehog movie poster. So, so, so <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog is out. At the clubs, we were talking about all the other movies that we heard of. I brought up Sly Cooper. I don't know if anybody oh else remembers. Oh, my God, I love Sly Cooper. Sly Cooper was supposed to have a movie, and I looked it up. <laughs> it got canceled. It's, it didn't happen. It was supposed to come out in 2016. But you found the website. I did. It's still up, what? and it still says that it's 2016. Oh, man, now I need to go look it up. I know. It's, so It was beautiful. So Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> is out. Is, uh, not out. It is, the movie poster has been released, and it looks... There's no better way to say it other than that. It looks weird. I mean, look at it. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've seen it. <laughs> it's, it's definitely... and Which Somebody worked hard on it, so... Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it looks a little weird. But and... Dang uh, I, I guess a lot of people are like, like, WTF? <laughs> what is this? Why? Yeah. Uh, so... It, and we're oh, still waiting on an explanation. <laughs> it's going to be one of those... Uh, Oh, man, it might be one of those, like, you just go to see the movie just because it's the <laughs> thing. You don't know how bad it's going to be, but you kind of want to see it just because. Did you find the Sly Cooper website yet? Yeah, they're actually making an animated TV series. Yeah, now. that's what they changed, changed so it to. So they shifted from a movie to an animated TV series. Yeah. But the, God, the, because it was something like, <laughs> like, some cheesy caption, like, busting out into theaters 2016 or something like that. It's so bad. That's horrible. It's so bad. So the Sonic the Hedgehog movie was announced. I saw a motion picture, a motion poster of it where they had, like, Sonic zip in and then hit its pose. And he's all cast in shadows. But the internet is just kind of going, what? Yeah. <laughs> because he just, he looks weird. And somebody also pointed out that he has, so Sonic traditionally is like blue body and uh, different colored arms, not like uh, pale arms, beige white. arms, beige, okay. <laughs> beige arms, white gloves. <laughs> so uh, the next and on this Sonic, he's all blue. Okay. All blue. So it's that was uh, and we saw that kind of character model shift in a Sonic Boom. Do you remember that one? Yeah. I also learned that Sonic Boom was a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching Sonic X. 
Okay. But I never saw Sonic Boom. Yeah, I heard Sonic Boom actually got somewhat good, like, response from the community. I'm not sure. I, I, I <laughs> like Sonic. I, Genesis was, like, oh, yeah. my console. When I was growing up, I was a Genesis guy versus a Nintendo guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't been in the Sonic community. Or oh, like, man, and it's a dark place. For a while. I mean, yeah. Sonic's community, if you just look at it in itself... I mean, from Saturday morning cartoons, they had, like, three iterations at one point of it. Oh, yeah. And then two of them were, like, like alternate days or something like that. It was it was really crazy. And the comic book series that spawned out of that, is, it's got... I would say it's one of the first games that hit that transmedia point. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just... Uh I just saw, I'm guessing, fan art of oh Sonic. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> look up Sanic. Rain, Rain, Rainbow Sparkles. Is Please, that? Yeah, that's... Yeah. Sanic? Look up Sanic. S-A-N-I-C. Like, the, the internet's gone gone buck wild with, with Sonic. And it's, just um, there's a rule oh, yeah. for um, everything. Yeah, so... Um, but so, basically, back to the, the movie poster uh-huh. coming out. Um, so, there's the one where it's the shadow of Sonic... Um, like turn to the side with the blue light behind it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, people like turned up the contrast to see where his eyes were, and they're like tiny little dots that like are not <laughs> where his eyes should be. So like the memes that have come out of it have um, been great because it's people like basically taking that character model um, with the eyeballs and stuff, yeah, and then like putting it onto a bunch of other things or trying to replicate it, uh, which is hilarious. Um, but then there was another movie poster that came out with uh, Sonic on, like, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, um, sitting down at the top, but his legs, like, I'm doing this in the studio, um, not that you guys can see it, but, like, his legs are at a weird angle where people were basically doing, like, the Sonic leg challenge, (laughs) trying to get their legs into a position that would replicate what had happened in the movie poster, um, and it was just ridiculous. But it reminded okay, me. Okay, yes, I have seen this. Um, yeah, and so I don't know if you guys saw the Ready Player One uh, poster when that movie was coming out, but it had the main character like climbing up a ladder, but his leg was like so long that people were like, like creating diagrams of like how long his one leg had to be because somebody just wasn't paying attention to proportions, yeah. and it's just like really funny to, to see those responses. Oh, so. And like even in our Discord somebody said, please be a movie about a guy with a sonic obsession who's into furries. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> That's oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, another person's like, this is going to be such a B movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so Friday we, we actually talked about maybe when it comes out going to see it as a group. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I'm totally down for that. Oh, man. All right, so let's move on to the next topic. It's not really a topic, and I didn't get a chance to watch it, but it's the Unforeseen Consequences, a Half-Life documentary. Uh, what happens when one of the most revolutionary series and video games suddenly goes dark to celebrate its 20th anniversary no Clip, which is a YouTube channel that put together, uh, hits the road and investigates Half-Life. So what happened to Half-Life? So pretty much. Um, so if you're interested in that, we can draw it, it. The link is in the Discord to go watch it, but you can also let us know if you don't have the Discord link, mm. we can shoot it out to you so you can get a chance to join in all the fun in action. Yes, this was a plug. Boom. <laughs> so that's a good one. Um, then we have from PCGamer.com, Full Throttle Remastered is free on GOG right now. You've got 48 hours to claim the LucasArts Classic. Now, that's past. The 48 hours is up. But you should play that game if you have not played it. Right. So, the remastered Full Throttle. Okay. I I, I don't have any idea what Full Throttle is. Uh, Point-and-click adventure game from LucasArts back in the day. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a Tim Schafer game, I believe, Mm -hmm. who started and owns... Sole owner of Double Fine, or is he like co-owner? I don't know, but yeah, he's with Double Fine. Yeah, he's with Double Fine. Um, But anyway, it's for that genre. I don't know if that's your thing, um, but back in the day, point-and-click adventures were pretty popular. We had like Monkey Island and all those games. It's some of the best writing I've ever I've ever seen in a game, and just the humor is all on point. You play you. 
it's a, it's about a biker gang, I guess. Um, and I don't want to give too many spoilers yeah. away, but yeah. you know, there's mystery stuff to solve. And speaking of Double Fine, though, um, I, the Psychonauts two trailer came out at the Game oh. Awards, um, and I don't know if either of you guys played Psychonauts, but like that's I did one of my favorite. I love that. I didn't. So I didn't much. finish it, but I know uh, I played a good decent portion I'd, of it. I'd be interested like down the road in like a spoiler cast or something like that to get your opinion on the writing of that game mm-hmm. um, and the story because that's it, it's to me it's a great it's I a fantastic that- game. Melissa uh, as well was uh, good old at milk tea mm-hmm. uh, was uh, tweeted about the trailer and, and we were going back and forth a little bit about how great Psychonauts is in our world and how excited we are for that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I, I think the main reason why I didn't complete Psychonaut is that some of the game mechanics get a little wonky. Okay. Uh, and at least in the, like, my version of the game, they, it got a little wonky and I got caught behind, like, walls and angles and the camera kept getting messed up, so I stopped playing the game because I just got frustrated okay. with it. Well, if you want to pick it back up, uh, it's, I think, on almost every platform. And it was, it was like 99 cents on Steam a little while ago once they announced it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it still is, but if you don't have it um, and it's still 99 cents, I would recommend it. I just I think it's a yeah. great game. Um, yeah, I, that's I, one I need to play. Yeah. I awesome. watch Josh, my buddy Josh, play quite a bit of it, but okay. I, never, yeah. I never played. For, for my brother's birthday, I, I when when they were still Kickstarting, or not Kickstarter, Plum, right? No. What? What's the, what's the, the game uh, crowdfunding site where it's like run by developers and they only do two games at a time and they're offset one month at a time. I have no idea what you're talking Man. about. <laughs> I, that seems like really interesting information. It, I mean, it's because you said Plum and the only thing that I can think of is Fig. Yeah. <laughs> which is fig.org, which is a, a an investor investing in games, a way to oh. invest in game development. Then maybe it was Fig. It was Fig. Where you crowdfund, but then yeah. you are... It's it's a different There's version of crowdfunding. Yeah. yeah, no, it, yeah, it's a different version of crowdfunding. It, instead of being like Kickstarter, where you just fund the project and hope you get stuff out of it, Fig goes out and it picks specifically the projects that you yes. want to put your money into, and that's where it comes out. Uh, and then you get yeah, you do get something off of that. And the latest news that I had seen in Fig was they were actually starting to look at to, into blockchain technology and, as a way of funding. Funding game development. Well, when I backed it, because um, yes, I backed it on Fig, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to remember exactly where. But for my brother's birthday a couple years ago, when it first was announced, because mm-hmm. um, he loves that game, um, and so I got his name in the credits or oh. in the game or whatever. Cool. So, um, I don't know. I'm excited for that game. Okay. But re- can can we like quickly or maybe like down the road we can talk about this? But so like remasters, we were talking about full throttle and that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Um, I just like recently I've been playing. Save for expansion topic. Okay, sure. <laughs> Let's talk about remasters as our expansion, <laughs> expansion topic. topic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Plan it right then, because we got a few more things I so want to get through. So stick around if you want to listen to remasters. <laughs> uh, the next thing on here is from news.blizzard.com. It is about Heroes of the Storm and what is going to be happening with so it. Sad. Uh, so for those that don't know, uh, Heroes of the Storm, a lot of the development team is going to be dispersed out to other groups or other development projects within Blizzard. And they're going to slow down the development on Heroes. And that from from there, I don't, I don't know, it sounded like Heroes is just going to be kind of a project that's just sitting there but won't receive the same amount of love as it has in the yeah, past. Yeah, and so basically as a result of that um, they're, they're, they're also their they're, they're canceling their esports side for Here's the Storm, so a lot like I've seen on Twitter kind of all over the place now, a lot of the professional Here's the Storm players are like, well, we don't like we don't know what we're doing now. And people have been asking for months about like, hey what's happening with Here's the Storm? And it was like, oh, well We'll get to that later. Like we'll we'll tell you about it. So they kind of post- postponed for a while, and then they announced it last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know a lot of people are kind of like, "Well, what do we do now?" Like yeah. we've been waiting on an answer for 
a couple months now, and then you just kind of come out and tell us before the end of the year, and it's like, well, that sucks. Like, yeah. so so it, it's been interesting to see the responsive professional players who then like in their streams or like are now like, oh well, I guess I'm gonna try and pick up Dota again, or I'm gonna try and pick up League again. Um, and to see their response, like, I saw one guy tweeted, like, so I reinstalled LOL, and I played about two games, and I uninstalled it again, because I remembered why I preferred Heroes of the Storm over League, and, like, you know, this, this, and this. And so it's it's interesting to see, because uh, Eric Brody was somebody who really enjoyed the, the Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, I had a lot of friends. Feel and, and community. I never got into it, because it wasn't on Mac, and for me to dual boot, and then do a bunch of other stuff, and I didn't have friends who played it. It was, like, a whole hassle for me to yeah. even get into it, so I just continued playing LoL with my friends. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a shame. Um, it also hasn't been super, super popular, so... <laughs> uh, I see this as just, like, a continuation of the whole amount of changes that are happening at Blizzard. Mm. So we know earlier this year that Blizzard also went through a leadership change. We also mm. know that Activision is having a lot more uh, hands-on within the business. We saw what happened when Diablo Immortal was announced, so we're just kind of seeing this continuous uh, breakdown of just, like, the... I don't, I don't want to call it, like, the fall of a giant, but it definitely feels like, because all these changes are happening, it's not necessarily keeping the player base in mind. And that's what a lot of... And that's what a lot of, like, very hardcore Blizzard fans are saying as well. It feels like we're no longer, like, priority. It feels like you're just trying to find the next cash cow. Uh, and that that's what a lot of people have come out and said. So I don't know if that's the same thing here, but it definitely feels like, like this whole changing of guard is setting the company in a different direction and not everybody's entirely on board with it. Yeah. Like, even the own devs have come out and said they're not entirely on board with it either. Uh, so it's it's hard yeah. to say. Um, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how Blizzard is going to handle everything the next year. Um, going into 2019, they're definitely ending 2018 on a bad note, in my opinion. Oh, well, from a PR perspective, from, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe Absolutely. not financially. Financially, but, uh, no. Uh, yeah. But that that's just the thing. It, it just because. That's an entirely different yeah. conversation because there's a lot that has to happen for it even to impact financially. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Well, uh, just yeah. on on Last the note. on the Blizzard note uh, and for the the recap or mm -hmm. for the the post show, um, they're also remastering uh, Warcraft three. So that'll be another interesting point okay. for that. <laughs> All right. So next thing we have here is Oculus.com. It is the Unspoken, and this is a this is a VR game, and it was posted by Melissa. We've had her on the podcast talking about her experience with girls make games. Girls make games, yeah. Uh, so she's talking about how this is being released on the Oculus, and how it has a single player and a PvP version of, of the game. Um, she seems super excited about it. I wasn't at the Friday group, so I don't know how much she talked on it. Uh, I don't. Remember us talking about that Friday? Actually, that may have been posted afterwards. I don't. Uh, hmm. You're a rising star in Chicago's dueling underground when two of your fellow acolytes go missing. It's up to you to investigate. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So it sounds like it's going to have an interesting story to go along with it. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. I'm okay. interested to check it out. Um, the art style looks pretty cool. So I saw I was in so I still go to GameStop uh, to to pick up uh, pre-owned games because mm -hmm. uh, I like the physical discs. Um, I actually like it, it's nice for me to be able to lend games to friends yeah. or whatever. Um, but I and to point at your collection, your library shelves of yeah, games. Exactly, but These I had artifacts. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I had an itch on uh, Friday night to play some Kingdom Hearts uh, oh. in in anticipation of January for Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, oh, yeah, announcement. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so so I went to go pick up... Uh, Isn't it great to finally have a release date for the game? I know, right? It only took like a decade and I a know, half, jeez. But so, so I went to GameStop and I picked it up, but they had a, um, they had a commercial for um, this VR game called Giant 
uh, Ghost Giant. Um, it's for PSVR, so it's not Oculus, but it's I I don't have a PSVR. I have an original PS4, so I don't have the the Pro or VR capabilities. But mm-hmm. Ghost Giant looks great. Um, I I texted Scott about it, but I like watching the um, the trailer for it. I was like, is this like black and white? And and then I thought about how amazing black and white uh, would be in. VR, like the oh, game yeah. Black and White, where you play as gods and you control civilizations, and I was like, that's so cool. Um, but so, I would recommend going and checking out the trailer for Ghost Giant. It looks like a game that you would love the style and aesthetic of, okay. um, and especially if you have PSVR, mm-hmm. um, you, yeah. you could utilize it, whereas I can't to I, the current degree. I don't necessarily have, my roommates have PSVR, okay, and they actually recently downloaded Beat Oh my god! So we have been what a great Oh, it is such a great rhythm game. Yeah. I mean, you just... Oh, yeah. it, I That's can't. the one that was at Beer Club Yeah, yeah. that night. Yeah, but, yeah, but it I is. couldn't hear out of one yeah. of my ears. Yeah, yeah. it and, is and, such a good game. Uh, Fumi, you'll have to uh, uh, forgive me. I, for, I forget your sister's name, but watching her play that game... And getting so excited and into it uh, was really fun. That's so. the that was the one that I walked out on. Yeah, all right, but, but still, <laughs> it, was, it was it was fun. It was great. Um, so I'm gonna segue real quick. Uh, speaking of GameStop, yeah. not really. This is more. Uh, so we've had the console wars for a while, yeah, yeah. for a while. You know, Nintendo versus yep. Sony versus Xbox, whatever. Dream now Quest. we're coming into a new era where we're going into the game store wars. Ooh. So we have Epic, who has announced that they're going to be doing theirs, and they said they're, they're doing like an 80-10 split or 80-something split for, for revenue. Uh, was it 80-20, or was it still 70-30? No, uh, it's pretty high, actually. I think, I think, it was I think it's like 88. I think they give... Like yeah, they, it's, the, the okay. thing says here. Um, so let me keep going. Sorry. So the other thing, then you push, you have Steam, you have HIO, and you have Discord. Now, Discord yep. has come out and said we are... We are, this is GameIndustry.biz, they said that they are going to be doing a 90% 10 revenue split. This is, so we are officially entering into the game store wars. Well, and in the Medium article that they wrote Mm -hmm. announcing the 90-10 split, um, Discord also said, and we are working to see how we can reduce our operating costs to actually increase the percentage that we give to devs. Um, so really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they approach. they've been making huge strides. Discord itself has been yeah. making huge strides. You become like the only one platform that you want to do all your game on yeah. gaming on. And, and, and I want was this also the platform that was looking at how to make turn themselves into a launcher for any games, no matter where you bought them from. Um, I don't know, but that seems like it would be cool. It would be nice. Yeah, I um, thought that was this one, or maybe mean, they, that was like an idea. They that already had. have integrations with most most games so that you can know what your friends are playing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, honestly, so I, I've switched now most of my voice communication just to Discord, mm-hmm. um, and then found out that you can also screen share um, and do uh, group screen sharing as well. So I now have, like, video calls with my friends yes, the K- through Discord. It's really cool. The K-pop um, fandom uses this quite oh, a bit. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so it's it's really um, cool to see kind of the strides that they keep making. Um, I don't know anybody that has released a game on Discord yet, but that being said, um, it, it'll be interesting to see. Well, they're also tailoring, like, they're they're handpicking their games at the moment. Yeah. They're, they're hand, like... Steam has decided to take more of a hands-off on curating it, but are, like, trying to also curate it by limiting certain kind of uh, game release. Like, they're they're cutting out what yep. they consider troll, troll games, yeah. right? And we saw a huge decrease in, in games that they removed from the site, like, something like some 200 games they had removed from Steam, yep. right? I forgot where I was going because I, I got caught. <laughs> Uh, so we're seeing like this huge shift. Curation versus non Yeah, curation versus non-curation. And even with Epic, they've come out and said that they're trying to also curate their games and handpick what goes on their platform and what doesn't. I mean, that's that's something that I think we should definitely have a post-show discussion entirely about. Um, because uh, not just curation of games, but like YouTube content, that kind of stuff. Like, it's 
it's something that is continuing to get talked about a lot more and more. Like I was listening to um, like a, a marketing podcast, basically, um, and they were talking about how like when you search on Google for stuff, you basically get oh don't I just well, read a whole bunch of things <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yes, but, but you, you basically get curated results from the yeah. perspective of like you're not you like safe searches turned on but when you go into YouTube and you go into comments there's no safe search for comments right there's no uh, safe search for YouTube videos themselves and so outside of nudity and whatever but like you can get extremely anti-semitic stuff you can get extremely anti-women anti-men whatever you want to say but like there's no, unless you're in the kids' version of YouTube, you can't really block out a lot of that stuff. Whereas on Google, it automatically does that so, to some degree. And so the, the same company is using totally different algorithms for, or totally different restriction uh, characteristics. And how, how does that also play into gaming and that kind of stuff and is there a responsibility so i mean that's yeah, no, that's something let's, I let's think save that for our posts because there's yeah. a lot that i can talk on because i do seo as no, well I know. and and that's like um that's that's one of the things that i've been exploring especially because i want to do some talks with uh, game developers on like how to better promote their stuff yeah and understanding algorithms and the way your customer's journey and how you get to that point it's, there's a lot behind it. So I'd love to do a talk on that and, and go over it. Um, but yeah, let's save that for another yeah. another podcast. But it, but it will be interesting um, from the game marketplace perspective yeah. mm-hmm. um, to see if anybody is able to kind of match the quantity of like throughput that Steam has where people are able to... Like, like so many people buy stuff through Steam. If somebody can start to match that to see that's called a user intent and that's actually what a lot of um a lot of algorithms are starting to take a a, a notice of is they're looking specifically at what is the user trying to search for and how do we get to it well but but what but what i mean is that right now nobody has the like it's like saying walmart versus the corner store yeah um you you can't you can't say oh well the corner store is doing better stuff than Walmart is, so more people are going to buy from the corner store. It's like the corner store doesn't have the footprint that Walmart does in the same way that Itch or Discord doesn't have the same footprint that Steam does, at least with the majority of gamers. And so we can't say, well, because they're curating content, they're actually getting better results than Steam is. But if we can get somebody that's on the same par as Steam, it'll be interesting to see curated versus Mm non-curated and how the community responds and the types of um, patronage that you mm-hmm. get based on that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yes. I, I, I'm very interested in a post-show okay. about that. So, so we'll, we'll put that as one of our expansion topics for a later yeah. episode. Uh, the last thing that I have here, it's from the Discord, and it's talking more about uh, Epic Games Store's policy in refunds and stuff. So one of our members said, so here's two things I didn't know about the Epic Game Store that I didn't think are so great. What do you guys think? And here's what he had. He said, one, how will players' feedback and game ratings work on the Epic Store? Uh, essentially, they have a, a opt-in system for review ratings or ratings for systems for games on the store in the future. Or we will offer developers an opt-in rating system for games on the store in the future. Uh, so that's like, okay, so what you're saying there, uh, if you look at blogs, you can turn either the comment section on yep. or off, right? It sounds like they're going to be doing the same thing for Epic, where you can essentially say, I want to opt in and have people say what they like about my game, what they don't like about my game, or I don't want to hear any of the noise, I just want my game to be up on your store. This effectively removes the review process in which a lot of people are, are dependent on, and yeah. that's what a lot of Steam's run off of too is the review review better reviews get you to the to the front of yeah. steam bad reviews you know will slowly move you off i mean it's it's an interesting approach right because mm-hmm. uh you said blogs but actually back to youtube like mm-hmm. you can turn comments yes, off you on can. youtube and it you know i mm-hmm. i'm somebody who doesn't comment on youtube and i just don't even dive into comments on youtube so to me comments don't matter mm-hmm. um, oh they matter very much when you're talking in product space but, though. but but i mean yeah i mean from the perspective of me as a consumer mm-hmm. yeah i'm somebody who doesn't pay attention to comments 
I do pay attention to reviews, though. Mm-hmm. If I'm on Amazon, if I'm wherever I am, I usually go and I check the star rating, and then I read a few of the, like, four-star mm-hmm. and two-star reviews to see, okay, how do I feel about this? Um, so, from a game-buying perspective, I don't know if I read the reviews as much as I do. Um, yeah, that's interesting. The, the other half of that is also really interesting, but you look like you wanted to say something. Uh, I, I just, I love comments. Like, as, as I know you, you yeah, know we've known. He's, like, his immediate thing is like, I just read all the comments and they're oh hilarious. Man. Because <laughs> you find like... Um, There's some good like, gems A post there. is a post. A post yeah. is just going to be a post. But, um, you know, usually going to be like somewhere in the range of average intelligence like yeah. post, right? <laughs> When you go into the comments, you're going to find the smartest and the dumbest people oh, yeah. of the internet posting on that. And it's always going to be crazy outvoted or crazy yeah. downvoted. And I love both. Yeah. <laughs> I love reading both well, of those. Just the other other point on that is uh, I feel by, by kind of removing some of that review process, you also remove some of the trust in the game. In, in a sense, like, okay, you turned off the comments, so how bad is your game really? Yep. Or how good is your game really if nobody's chattering about it? So then you force them out of the space to go look at, like, IGN or Twi- Twitter to see if anybody's talking or making noise about your game and how much they like it. So if Epic is curating the games that come onto their space, it may be more of a trust us... Mm-hmm. And we'll provide you with good games. Now, again, the thing is, is that, okay, if you can start to trust Epic that they have good games on their platform and only good games, then it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, like Nintendo, I don't know if I look at the... Does, does the eShop on Nintendo have reviews? I don't, I, I don't think so. Like, I don't remember seeing yeah. any, but I I don't know. I haven't spent a lot of yeah, time so, on Yeah, so, I, I mean, that's, that's something that, that would be interesting to, to see, but... I'm thinking about when I buy stuff through Nintendo's eShop, I don't look at reviews at all. It's like I'm going yeah. because I want to get a game or I want to see if a game is on there. Mm-hmm. And then I'll either download a demo, which is really nice, or I'll look up what other people think online and then I'll I get it. I think so that not, they wouldn't have them just because it would be so hard to leave reviews. Yeah, and they're like, so family friendly yeah. in, in that stuff that yeah. I. So, I mean, there might be a similarity there. Mm. So, the next question yeah. on here, too, is how do refunds work on the Epic Store? We will offer two no questions asked refunds per player within two weeks of purchase. Uh, so, a dev can opt, in, opt to have no reviews at all, doesn't seem very gamer friendly, and only two re- refund reviews per player. That's what this uh one of our members was saying yep. and it was now i can kind of understand why they're taking their stance the stance on refunds we've seen in the past what happens when uh what, what happened with steam when it came to a whole bunch of controversial games and people wanting refunds through that right i don't re- know if you guys remember the whole incident that happened with firestorm and then also firewatch, firewatch yes firewatch and uh what was the other one it's um, BioWare's Infinite. Oh, Infinite. Bioshock Infinite, yeah. right. Those two games were the ones that kind of put into, put into motion the refund policy or put brought limelight of the re- refund policy to Steam, right? Okay. And for, for Firewatch, it was like a two-hour game, two- or three-hour game, depending on, like, how much you wanted to explore. And it costs about 17 bucks, maybe a little bit more than that. And people were very upset that they paid a lot of money for that. And they were just, they'd play the game, finish it in two hours, and then try to refund to get that money back. And for Steam, it happened so much that they finally had to start putting a cap on how many times you could do this kind of refund. Then on the other side of that, if you bought a game and you played it for more than two or three hours, Steam wouldn't refund the game. And uh, for people that bought Bioshock Infinite and hit that one instance in the game where they were like, I don't feel like I want to go through this. I want to get my refund. They couldn't get a refund on it because they missed out on they didn't They hit all of the points that negated the refund policy. Well, and so, I mean... There's a lot of hand motions I'm, I'm making here. a lot of hand motions. You can't feel it. Yeah, sorry. This is where we're going to start doing um, like video podcasts. Yeah. Yes, you can, you can see David's hand motions. Um, my my whole perspective, man, it's 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 such a weird thing. Because So to me, 
two refunds, no questions asked. I think that that seems fair to me from the perspective of no questions asked whether you didn't like the game, whether the game was broken, whatever, you can refund it and you get it, right? If you start refunding things more often than, you know, two or three times, then the question is, okay, are you really buying a bunch of broken games that need to be refunded because their developers didn't do a good job? Or are you somebody who plays two hours of a game and then decides, I don't want this game, and then refunds it? Like, I can't go return a a new game that I bought at Walmart or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can't do it with, well, a movie is usually only two hours. But, like, to that degree, like, if I buy something, I usually can't return it just because I played a couple hours of it and I was like, eh. I can't I, return I some things because it's weird to walk back into the store and give it back. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's a, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but, but, you know, a lot of, especially indie games, like, indie developers have definitely put out a lot of stuff on, like, look, like, I made a game that lasted two hours. Like, that was the whole experience. And now... At what at what price point do you value that game? You know, if if it's a game that gives you a thorough enjoyment, is ten dollars too much? Is fifteen dollars too much? For Firewatch, there were a lot of people that said I paid eighteen dollars for this game, and it was only two hours, really. But there were other people that were like, I paid I paid eighteen dollars for this game, and I loved it. Like mm-hmm. I loved the art, I loved the experience that I had through it. Um, the- and and you pay twenty dollars for a movie sometimes Mm -hmm. so you know an interactive movie that has so much time and energy and lifeblood put into it you know at what point do you say well i don't value this so i want a refund i I also want to take take, we we talk about the the business side of games as well so a lot of times when you look at the pricing of it and this is what firewatch creator came out and said it's like look you got to understand there's an overhead cost. Well, it's yeah. not just we, we have to license the software. That if in, in cases of like, if... Um, there are two taxidermied squirrels that this guy <laughs> just walked by. I'm sorry for breaking There's the a, there's a little like three, four windows on both sides here. And we can see everything that happens in both spots. So sometimes when there's weird like, things, we get distracted. Real somebody quick. holding a that's coffee. literally got you. Literally got distracted by a squirrel. Yeah, <laughs> literally squirrel. So there's been construction happening, and we were worried that there was going to be like drill noises all through this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But no, just squirrels. just taxidermied squirrels. Okay, going okay, back sorry. to what I was saying. Uh, shoot, uh, I, I totally distracted you. No, uh, I got developers, this. the cost of yeah. So we we talk about it a lot. Like there's this. That there's a lot of times consumers don't actually understand what goes in or like what is the cost of making a game. Mm-hmm. And for the Firewatch, the the creator of Firewatch, he came out and said, hey, look, we thought this was a fair cost for the amount of time that we spent on it, for the amount of people that we had working on it. It, it, it was a small team, but you still have people that need to take care of their own lives. And there was another group that I know where they kickstarted the finishing of the game man I talked about them it was a killer bite studio or something like that Uh, they did among the sleep or no 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 it's not called among the sleep something like that um, I love the names you come up with for I, games. They're, they're always my favorite <laughs> it was so they they uh, but they came out and they were like hey look we we completed most of the game but we need some we need this extra bit so that these last few people can quit their jobs to actually put their full effort into completing the game. They've been working, they had at that time been working on it for like two or three years and wanted to just get the game out. So they asked for a little bit more money and they kickstarted it and they managed to get that whole stuff. So there's this cost to video games that people just aren't seeing and that's kind of what drives the price for for like indie studios. I'm not talking about like the $60 games that you go and buy at Gearbox, I'm, or Gearbox, GameStop, jeez. I'm talking about the indie, indie and these platforms that they that they're selling their games on. That's where the cost comes in. That's where it's different different at. And I think in a much earlier podcast at the beginning of this year, we talked about how we should start charging games. Like we should we should start charging games with their worth. So like Witcher because it has so much content, it would make sense for it to be like a ninety dollar game versus 
versus Firewatch, which had which was like a two hour game. But again, that's that comes yeah. back to the what do you value, and yeah. and is time really the the value proposition? Is art is because again, you know, a, oh, a who, two, on whose side are you talking about? Are you talking about on the consumer side, or are you talking about on the dev side? I'm just on either side. Okay, like uh, games cost a lot of money to make, no matter what. But at the same time, like, so are we charging based on how much money it costs to make a game? Are we charging on how much time you're able to play a game? Whatever, because I can get a lot, like, I can get a lot out of a game that, like, you do not like Horizon Zero Dawn. Right. Let me finish it before we say whether or not I like it. There are are certain (laughs) open world games that some people really do not like, and so you could get more out of a narrative, uh, like single. uh, I can't think of the word right now, uh, but a story-driven game that has like one linear. linear, There you go. A linear story-driven game that maybe takes five hours to complete, right? And Mm -hmm. you may get more out of that linear game than you do out of an open world game where you could play it for 80 hours. Should you be charging different amounts for both of those games if you enjoyed the five-hour linear story game more than the open world that you could play? And and a lot of open world games nowadays have dull quests that don't actually do much, but there was a lot of time and effort put into creating those games. So, you know, I think that that whole conversation is is a, a long discussion topic. So I'm going to put yeah. that pin in that then. Because um, we do have an expansion topic that we announced oh, that yeah. we're going to get into. Okay, and I want to get into it. What? There, was, there, there was one other thing. It wasn't in the Discord, but one other thing we talked about Friday. Um, okay. I don't know the name of the device. I don't know if it had a name yet, but Jonathan Mythos, he came. And uh, he'd been following for a while a VR thing that I think he said Starbreeze and Acer were jointly working on. Interesting. It was supposed to be like the best like the best VR experience like by a huge margin he said it was like widest viewing angle highest resolution fastest refresh rate like everything about this thing was going to be amazing from what people had seen from the prototypes and stuff but I guess Starbreeze and Acer have both pulled out of the project so it's being I guess discontinued but so if anybody was following that um, well I I started laughing when you were talking about that because I thought about Magic Leap and the big announcement that came out from Magic Leap uh, maybe a month or two ago that uh, Crackle will uh, will be available on your Magic Leap um, from Sweet. launch. So, yeah, if, if anybody uh, subscribes to Crackle, uh, the video platform who wants to watch Sweet. it on their Magic Leap uh, <laughs> platform, you, you got that. Um, sorry. I, it's Normally it's super freaking hot in this room it is ridiculously it's, cold it's pretty cold <laughs> all right so all right um let's go into our shout outs then we'll talk on our, our expansion topic our expansion topic is uh game remasters yes game remasters uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about but first let's go into our shout out as always thank you to nerdvana coffee for allowing us to host our podcast out of this nice little booth uh, thank you guys so much it's been great uh we've pretty much been here since january the end of January. This will be our 30, 44th episode or 45th episode. Wow. Yeah, we've been do- we've almost done this uh, for 52 weeks. So, it's crazy. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's been great. And, of course, uh, since we've been doing it for so long, it's mean that we've, had, we've brought in some people to help us. And that's been Trey. And I want to do a great shout-out to Trey. He got a new job. He got a house. He, <laughs> he's awesome. Cannot forget this. He released, it's in the. It's in our little group, he, he and a whole bunch of other audio people released a CD for something, and a, I'm looking it up. album for Xenogears. I'm That's proud. it. Nice. Cool. <laughs> no, yeah, Omega, a tribute to Xenogears. Uh, that is out. It is open. It is on Spotify. You can go listen to it to right, to right now. It is a whole bunch of audios, audio engineers, audio soundtrack makers, People oh, got to... <laughs> Thank you, that's yeah. the word. <laughs> Soundtrack makers, I like that. <laughs> R&B artists. Uh, <laughs> uh, so composers got together and they do this kind of yearly, apparently. So he's one of them. He's one of like, like I don't know, a hundred... He did a Final Fantasy one last year or two years ago. I don't remember which Final Fantasy it was, but... Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, those those are always really cool. And I don't want to right. So yes, and I don't want to forget. While we're on soundtracks, I also want to do a shout out to Matt, who we saw walk by earlier. He has just released his his first soundtrack in a long time. It's called Wondermind. Album, uh, not not a soundtrack to anything. It's it's actually he, you're right. He, it's it's completely him. Yeah, he he. It was his New Year resolution. Uh, he released that. So I'm trying to make sure that Wondermind I, burning the echoes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So somebody is on shout top. out to Mr. Matt Cox. Yeah, Wondermind. Yeah, burning the echoes. You can get it on just about every popular. Uh, listening channels that includes uh, Spotify, Gear, Gear Gameplay, Gears of War. Google Music, Google Music, <laughs> Apple, Apple Radio, I believe, uh, iTunes, Amazon, all that YouTube, stuff. YouTube, yeah. yeah. So, congrats to him and congrats to Trey. Also, congrats to Anwar. He has finally graduated Woo. from yeah. college. He had his. Uh, he he has a live. They they're apparently live streaming the graduation. So. He's dropped a link. If you guys want to support him in the Discord, please go and check him out. Uh, Shout out to him. Congrats, Anwar. And thank you so much for staying on top of making sure that we get our podcast out almost every single Wednesday. Uh, We record on Monday and by Wednesdays they're out. So he's been doing a great job. And he picked some wonderful names for for the episode. So thank you so much, Anwar. And anybody else that we have to do shout outs to? Thank you, Nirvana. Yeah, we already thanked him. Yeah. All right, then we'll go ahead and head into our expansion topic. So, remaster. Uh, yeah, so I can't spend very long on this because I've got to get running. That's but fine. We can we can be quick about it. But yeah. uh, basically, uh, I think I saw a video uh, pop up in my feed, and it was like basically like 2018, the year of remasters and remakes. Shoot. And then I found a Maxim article, um, basically about remakes and remasters. This was earlier in 2018 saying coming in 2018 okay mm-hmm. but it just it seems like we've had a lot of remasters remakes um over the last five stuff. years we have over, over the last five years spyro right yeah, yeah i played but spyro even this year specifically we've got uh you know spyro uh bayonetta kind of, one and two it feels a little like like the movies where we went through like a, a good year or two where we all yeah. we had were like sequels to other movies yep. there is no original content coming out for a while yeah yeah let's keep going Oh, I was just going to say... Um, we have Spyro is one. Spyro, Shadow of the Colossus. Right. Oh, that's um, right. Oh, my God. I mean, they remastered that several times. It was remastered for the PS3, and then it was also remastered for the PS4. Um, yeah, I mean, you could you could even say, like, to some degree, most of the Switch games uh, <laughs> yeah. have, been, yeah. have been at least ports, yeah. um, mm-hmm. if not remasters to some degree. Yeah, I just um, bought... Mario Kart 8 again. One of our, uh, so Russell, who spoke last last week, who is a part of our podcast, he actually does some ports for some of the, some, uh, for Sony. Oh, yeah. And for some other groups to get onto either some, either the PlayStation or onto the Switch platform. Yeah. So he does some of those ports. Yeah. Um, Stickhead Games. Yeah. Um, but even like Dark Souls, mm-hmm. um, you know, like that was a big one. Um, and then this list even has the Xbox Duke controller, which is funny, but like that's actually like we've had a remaster of the Duke controller for Xbox One. Um, but so I mean, it's it's just you know we we as gamers, we as nerds, people that love pop culture, like we are very nostalgic for yeah. uh, you know back in the day and, and growing up. Like I've even I mentioned earlier, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts. Uh, their 1.5 remix remaster whatever mm-hmm. um, in anticipation of Kingdom Hearts 3 which has been supposed to come out for the past like 10 years now <laughs> um, but uh, I've also been watching uh, a playthrough of the Final Fantasy 10 remaster which came out you know like four years ago or something like that but still like we get caught up in this loop of like wanting to play things that we played yeah. when we were younger um some of them have been really great, like the, the Spyro remaster, for most intents and purposes, uh, was a great remaster. There were some things that people said, hey, you know, it's 2018, maybe you should have done this or that. Um, but there's no standard for subtitles. Well, yeah, I mean, I, but but so, I mean, but, but that's, that's an interesting point, right? So, like, to that degree, um, you know, 
if you're remastering a game, if you're remaking a game, to what degree should you, uh, like, like what goes into a remaster? Maybe a remaster versus a remake, right? Like a remake, we've got Final Fantasy VII that someday will out come out twenty twenty yeah. maybe 20, I don't know. Yeah, I got a notif- I got an email notification from Amazon a couple, I guess like a week or two ago, yeah. telling me, oh, uh, we've rescheduled. Final Fantasy VII will be coming out December thirty first, twenty nineteen. So I'm like, yeah, I'll put all my eggs in that yeah, basket. Yeah, um, but but you know, to to what degree um, do you, should accessibility in twenty eighteen be a uh, a reasonable request for some of those things? Things like subtitles supposedly shouldn't be that big of an issue. You already have the scripts for the games. Yeah. You you could hire somebody on Fiverr to do a transcript of... I mean, just just to some degree, like, that's something that most people could do uh, at a very low cost to the studio, but there are these issues of, well, it's it's not a standard or, you know, whatever, but... I'm confused. What are you... Wh- why why are we talking? Sorry. What, what is our topic Sorry. For, for this? I was initially... Tell me what I'm I was, I was initially talking <laughs> about... Um, I, I guess I wanted to get your feel on how do you feel about remasters, remakes? Okay. Do you want to see more games coming out? Yeah. Do whatever. But then because you brought up uh, subtitles <laughs> and, and Spyro not being a thing, I thought, hey, another what branch of are this. Good, what's too much? What's, yeah. All right, yeah, what so should I'm go gonna, into a remaster? I'm only going to tackle one, one okay. part of that, yeah. one part of it, which is like, uh, how do I feel about remakes okay. and remasters? Yeah. Uh, I feel a little bit like I want to move on. Okay. I, I like that they're nostalgic. Yeah. I like that, that I mean, don't get me wrong, I bought the Spyro thing the moment that yeah. it came out, and I really enjoyed that. And I did buy the first Kingdom Hearts put together, right, Mastered Edition, you know, and I, I enjoy those a lot. But there's so many ideas out there, so many things, and it just, I want new stuff. And I'd rather, and it's a shame, and I get where people come from, because I feel like a lot of the times we remaster them, because we want to still have them on the next system because we don't have those systems anymore. That's it. Right? Does your PlayStation 1 still work? It they, actually does, but... But most of the time, they don't, yeah. right? And So you have, like, once that system is gone, you, do, you can't play that game anymore. So I understand where people are coming through with these remasters, and I get that, right? But for me, personally, I want new things. Yeah. I want new stories. I want innovation. I, I want a lot of this stuff. And it's a shame that you're not going to get that a lot out of the AAA space really anymore because you have you have certain certain checkboxes that you have to tick when it comes to tri- AAA games, right? So if I'm looking for innovation, I'm probably looking away from the AAA space, which has now gotten into this whole nostalgic feel. How can I cash in on on the uh, you know on those feel good feelings when you're a childhood? And I'm looking more towards the indie space, which is constantly trying new things constantly trying to be the next best stuff and i've actually been paying attention to reddit uh watching some of the game developers put up little gifts of what their game there's one that's coming out that should be coming out soon that's called like vox pixels or or um futuristic pixel it's like the cyberpunk looking thing and i'm actually pretty excited about it because it looks really good yeah and uh one one game that i just bought recently is called gris G-R-I-S. I put it in the Discord. It yeah. is a fantastic yeah, it game. Great. It is That's beautiful. Everything I've heard about it is. Oh, it is beautiful. It's about four hours long, yeah. but I was in I was in it. And there's a there's don't give me fifteen dollar value, twenty seventeen. It was seventeen <laughs> bucks to buy it. And you know, I actually I don't have 32. Yeah. I don't have any problems paying that amount because the visuals were yeah. so gorgeous. And uh, just like the story itself, it does. N- there's no dialogue whatsoever. It is 100%. You're just moving through that world and you're experiencing it. And that was just amazing. And that's what I want. They got emote subtitles? <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, but that, that's what I loved. And that's what I want out of my games now. I'm tired of it. it like I said earlier, it's a lot like the movie industry falling back on popular franchises that they knew yeah. were doing really well and just continuing to cash in on that. Yeah. I'm kind of done with that. I, don't get me wrong. If there's a nostalgia game like like Spiral that comes out or even some other things like that, I'll buy them. But 
I'm not, they're not going to be like the first thing on my list. They'll be like, and eh, they're there. I'll get back to it. Now, if somebody remasters Jack and Dexter, I'm totally all over that. <laughs> we are first and foremost hypocrites. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is the only game I, that I, I don't want remasters love. unless they're my remasters. <laughs> no, no. I, like, that's the only one that I've been dying to have a remaster for, and they haven't done it. They, they've only done an HD one, but that was, like, for the PlayStation 3. And at that point, they did it right at the end of PlayStation 3. But when was the last Jack and Daxter game? They there hasn't out? been one since two th since the PlayStation 3. Really? That I, since the PlayStation 2. I appreciate yeah. re remasters or even, even remakes, if that's what it takes. Yeah. Uh, because video games are kind of the ultimate art form. They're like yeah. every art form that has ever existed now with interactivity. You yeah. know, the you player become part of the art. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, there are some greats, right, that you could look at like classic literature, you, like the video game equivalents of like Moby Dick or, <laughs> or whatever, right? Like, so those games that maybe were graphically, like we weren't there yet, you know, mm -hmm. at whatever point in time, you want to make it more relevant to, yeah. to kids or the future generation, so bringing them into the present so that they can experience some of the greats for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, but... But like you, I, I want people to continue innovating and doing. Yeah. So my my to put a to put a little blow on my feelings, it's like, yeah, I, I like them, but they will always be at the end of my buy list. Yeah. They will always be at the end of my buy list, and that's just how I feel. Yeah. No, I mean, I I kind of feel the same way, mm -hmm. um, just because even though I do have these like. Jack and Daxter for you, <laughs> Legend of Dragoon for me. Like, there are these games. It seems Chrono like... Trigger. Yeah, Chrono Trigger, <laughs> right? Um, like, there, there are these games that are these, like, pillars, um, I think, in our minds. But at the same time, like, I, I like when a new game comes out mm -hmm. and I can... Like, I'm so glad that they didn't remaster Spider-Man 2 and just made Spider-Man, yeah. you know? Now, again, Spider-Man is based off of an existing franchise, based off of this, but they also made their own story, made their own narrative, mm -hmm. all these kinds of things. Um, and so, to some degree, I almost wish that... Now, there are certain games that, like, the narrative is finished. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a captive story. Like yourself solitaire. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, you, you can't make a sequel to we Solitaire. We know how that ends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lots of cards going everywhere. Um... <laughs> But, uh, but at the same time, you know, maybe spiritual successors, that kind of stuff, like... Spider Solitaire. Spider Solitaire, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like this whole narrative we're going on. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you, that I, as much as I love remasters, remakes, as much as I'm right now extremely into <laughs> remasters, uh, either watching them or playing them, I, I love new games, mm -hmm. and I love new, innovative stories, gameplay mechanics, whatever. Um, the other part is, like, sometimes they make a change in the game. Yeah. So, it, like, the most recent thing is uh, playing the Spyro yeah. Reignited Trilogy. You get, to the, you get to the last game, and they've changed some of the character. Uh, so, well, like, throughout them, they cha they've changed. Like, in Spyro, the first Spyro game, they made all the dragons have unique looks, which that wasn't a thing in the original, yeah. right? At the end, this last one, they completely changed some of the character models entirely. And I think they even had to go find new voice actors because they couldn't get the returning yeah. voice actors. So they, they, I think they went and found some new ones. And in that moment, like, there's one that I was watching a Let's Player, and he was super upset that there, there's a character in there, uh, she's a king of room. And she looks way better in the original than she does in this one. In this one, she's got like this, she's got a big bottom, thick thighs, and then she's like super skinny up top. She thick though. <laughs> she thick though. That was a running meme. And like you go into the comic section, that's what a lot of people were saying. Oh, it was like, perfect, yeah. yeah, it's just, and, and it's like you, when you do something, yeah. and this was the thing that people were, that the people that do like remakes and remasters, they they point out it's like sometimes a change will happen and it'll bump up against that nostalgia feel and those people that are like I want it to be the exact yeah. aren't happy with that little change that you did even though the character looks better. Yeah. Right. I so it's it's like sets itself up for this. There, there's feathers. yeah. Thanks. That's a good way of saying it. Um. So that's I, that's kind of where I'm gonna leave that topic at. No, as far as accessibility yeah. goes, that's. We've we've talked about that on the past, and I 
that was a bad that was a bad move on the whole side of that. Yeah. But well, but I honestly think that that's not indicative just of remasters and remakes. Right. It's indicative of the the whole gaming industry as a yep. whole in that accessibility is not a forethought. Mm-hmm. Um, I disagree. When, when there's okay. there's very clearly some companies that do have accessibility as yeah. as I like mean, a, a thought, but there is a lot more yeah. that that don't. Now I think that it's been very interesting since we're now slightly getting into accessibility right mm-hmm. before you leave. Um, like, Microsoft has done a really good job not only of trying to make, like, trying to make things outside of the games themselves mm-hmm. that allow for accessibility, whether yeah. it's the adaptive controllers, whether it's uh, co-op mode, mm-hmm. or not co-op, whatever. It's it's a mode where you can have somebody else play, like, the other You can basically you other can rebind keys yeah. to a separate yeah. controller, um, which... Again, from an accessibility perspective, allows other people to be a part of the gaming experience in their own way, with uh, without the game, done. without the game developers uh, having to do it themselves. Right. Um, again, that means that the game developers aren't thinking about accessibility themselves in certain respects, yeah. which Depends it is on the what studio, it is. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, it's it's just an interesting um, an interesting thing. Well, I've got to go. Yeah, I think... I don't know if you guys are going to keep talking, but I've got to go. So thank you guys for tuning in. I'll talk to you all next week. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is a good yeah, I point to wrap up. Wow. All right, well, then, if you'd like to join any of our discussion, <laughs> you can tune into the Discord Facebook meetup.com, or I believe we have a website, vgocc.com. We do. Uh, we should probably do more with that. We should probably um, definitely update it. So, yeah, uh, we'll or, work on that. Or you can come to one of our physical locations Thursday and Friday. Uh, Thursday is at the Whole Foods off of Runner Road. 8 a.m. Yep. Friday is here at Nerdvana, and both clubs start at 8 a.m. Or if you can't make it, normally we have a beer club, not this month, but next month. It's the last Tuesday of every month but December. (laughs) Every month but December when it falls on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, cool. Hope Uh, to see Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and we'll see you next week. Bye.